for this opportunity to share what's on your heart today about your people who are being persecuted all around the world. And Father, we fellowship with them in the sufferings of Christ that we are rejected and despised of men. And we thank you, Lord, that there is grace to endure these things and there is a kingdom place for us where we can abide in the joy and happiness of the Lord. So we thank you for that place in your heart. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today we have a couple of, uh, we, we have a little catching up to do on our Voice of the Martyr reports. Uh, last month, you know, we had the healing school, uh, so we didn't have our uh, cover our June uh, Voice of the Martyrs and also our July. So I thought what I'd do is read one testimony and one story out of each one. Uh, the one from June is from Pakistan. And the story from Pakistan is healed from hate. And so, amen. And so I know there's people that, you know, I, I, I see people all the time, you know, writing on Facebook, complaining, church hurt. And I went to church and they didn't treat me right and so forth and so on. And I'm thinking, boy, if you had to be a Christian here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So get over yourself. You know, that's that's part of life. That's part of your introduction to the church, whether you know it or not, is to face reality. Some people will not like you for no reason. But can you love them anyhow? That's, that's, a, that's always the test. It's not about how they treat you. It's about how you treat them. Because what they do to you can't hurt your life unless you let it. But what you do toward them can very much hurt your life if you don't obey God. So anyway, we we just love people anyhow. You know, you tell them as many times as you want. But uh, you're not there for people. You're there for God. And that's one way to sure test it, isn't it? Whether you'll stick it out in spite of how you think people feel about you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. There's nothing, you know, if God puts you there, you stay. It's as simple as that. If he put you there, stay. He didn't put you there to get offended and run off and then tell everybody except the person that offended you about. Let me tell you why people do that. Because they know if they go to somebody and talk to them about an offense, people look at you like, huh? You mean you thought that out of what I said? So most people know they're not going to get anywhere to prove their point and make somebody feel bad. Because that's really what they're trying to do. Because they go and tell everybody else in hopes that it will hurt you in some way. Think about it. We've all done it enough to know what we're up to. But God wants us to forgive and love. Period. That's all we're here for. Amen. Keep keep the love flowing. Keep the love flowing. Amen. And make everything that interferes with that a small thing in life. So we're going to talk about real persecution now, folks, so we can uh, get our hearts before God, so we can really, really pray and and see some change come for Christians worldwide. You know, see, I'm so glad God shines a light on certain things so that we can understand who we are as a body, not just our little corner of the world and what we're interested in, 
but who we are as a people, as a nation, and as a body. So uh, here, the president, this is a letter from the president in the uh, June issue, and it's from Pakistan, Healed from Hate. I'm continually amazed and challenged by the boldness and obedience of our persecuted brothers and sisters. I think of one brother named Kabil Matar, who shares the gospel in Pakistan's uh, Khyber province, formerly the Northwest Frontier Province, a very unstable region that serves as home base for many radicalized Muslims. On one occasion, Kabil was confronted by the Taliban and discovered to be carrying a gospel tract, which they consider blasphemous to Islam. After being taken to a Taliban training camp, Kabil was interrogated, stripped naked, brutally beaten, and locked in a bathroom. That night, however, an acquaintance helped him escape, and two hours later, he was home. His wife, who had worried that she might never see him again, burst into tears of joy. The next day, Kabil did what any reasonable father and husband might do. He packed up his family's belongings and moved them to a safer area. Shortly after moving, he learned uh, from Voice of the Martyr workers that Christians all over the world had prayed for him during his captivity. The faithfulness of those praying believers caused a change of heart in Kabil and his wife. I was afraid and had fear, he explained, but when I heard that people were praying for me, I was encouraged. That moment I decided to go back and preach in the same area. My fear is gone. The attitude of Kabil Matar and other frontline workers like him brings to mind the words of Christ in Matthew 10:28. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. For them, the real danger is in choosing to protect their physical bodies and neglect the souls of those who are lost yet in the united states where we do not face kidnapping and torture for evangelizing we find endless excuses for refusing to share christ with our muslim neighbors we're too busy we don't have adequate evangelistic training they won't want to hear the gospel or much worse they don't deserve to hear it the testimony of richard richard wormbrand who was tortured for 14 years by his communist oppressors runs completely counter to that kind of thinking. I hate the communist system, but I love the communists with all my heart, he wrote. In this month's newsletter, you'll read about Hamid, who shares Christ in a dangerous part of Pakistan. While he has good reason to hate and fear Muslims, he remains obedient to Christ's call. You will also read about Anam and Raina, who grew up hating Muslims but have been healed from that hatred and now minister to fellow persecuted Christians. Finally, I'm excited to offer you the opportunity to fellowship with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Pakistan, Iraq, and Sudan by sending them an action pack. Providing action packs is a practical way we can show our love for believers who are persecuted at the hands of radical Muslims. An action pack may even encourage someone like Kabil Matar to continue advancing the kingdom in some of the world's most hostile regions. So I'll, I'll um, get more information about that and how we can help. We do give monthly to Voice of the Martyrs already. But if uh, we see where we can do more, let's, let's do a little bit more. Amen. So we'll do that too. I'll let you know about it. All right. So this one is every reason to hate. As a member of Pakistan's tiny Christian minority, Hamid was treated poorly by Muslims in his community. By God's grace, however, today, Hamid loves and shares Christ with his persecutors. 
Growing up, Hamid Bande had every reason to hate the Muslims in his Pakistani village. His Muslim classmates bullied him, and villagers harassed and discriminated against his family because of their Christian faith. Village authorities even denied them use of the local water well during peak summer heat. Hamid never saw reason to show love to Muslims until he realized God had told him to. With God's guidance and help, he now tries to see Muslims as God sees them, as people made in his image who are in need of a savior. I think I'm learning every day not to hate Muslims, Hamid admitted. Sometimes you know these feelings are very much grounded inside me from my childhood. Every day I try to overcome these feelings. Somehow I'm often successful through his grace. But every day I pray, God, remove the hatred from my life. Tough lessons. Hamid, now 36, is among the fraction of 1% who know Jesus in his village. The other 99% view Hamid as an infidel. Many of the Christians he knows, including children, endure oppressive lives, performing slave labors as brickmakers. As members of the minority religion, Christians are considered expendable no matter their age. Many Christians have been falsely accused under Pakistan's blasphemy laws, which provide penalties ranging from fines to the death sentence for uh, convictions of blasphemy against Islam, the Koran, or Muhammad. Since Islam is constitutionally recognized as Pakistan's official state religion, Christianity is seen as a threat to Islamic authority. Throughout the years, Hamid and his family have experienced persecution in many forms. Threats and attacks were common when he was younger, but the continual isolation and contempt were the most difficult to endure. I was like, it was like a leper walking through the streets of Judea, he said, recalling his childhood. That was my background. Hamid's father, a doctor, was the focus of persecution in his family. Following a religious debate with a Muslim cleric, he was banned from the village for several months. The ban was announced over the loudspeakers of local mosques, and villagers were told to shun the family. Hamid's father also stood up for other persecuted Christians. After Muslims stole property and livestock from poor Christians in the village one year, his father filed charges against the thieves, and the court eventually ruled in favor of the Christians. That boldness, however, came with a price. One night after seeing a patient, Amid's father was attacked on his way home by a group of Muslim men. The assault was an apparent retaliation for his pursuit of justice in the case of some men who have abducted a young daughter of a Christian family. Despite his father's strong Christian principles, Amid's own life didn't reflect Christ. As a teenager, he lied, swore, skipped school, chased girls, and stayed out all night. It sounds normal. No. <laughs> I mean, even stole money from his father's medical clinic, and villagers often complained about his behavior. You are ashamed for the whole family, I mean, remembers his father telling him. A sense of emptiness gradually overwhelmed Hamid, leading finally to an attempted suicide by overdose of prescription drugs. After spending two days in the hospital, he realized he had to change. You know, sometimes children do outrageous things, you know, because they don't want to live the Christian life. You know, they try to find, you know, run as far away from God as they can. But God always finds them. Amen. A friend introduced Hamid to a local pastor who encouraged and prayed for Hamid. 
With repeated visits, Amit grew increasingly interested in Jesus. He even began to attend church. One night when the pastor was speaking, God spoke to me, Hamid recalled. He said, I love you. I have given my son for you. Why don't you come to me? Hamid began to cry, and when the pastor gave the altar call, he raised his hand and walked forward. A few days later, on November 28, 1999, he was baptized. For the next year, Hamid accompanied the pastor as he went to Muslims and villages throughout Pakistan. As he carried the pastor's bags from one village to the next, he saw Christ's love in action. He wanted to learn from the pastor, but he held a lingering hatred of those the pastor was serving. A year later, Hamid began attending Christian boarding school, where he often spent time with friends praying for various missions, organizations, and churches. The longer he was there, the more stories he heard about Christians reaching out to Islamic nations. When Hamid started college, he sensed God speaking to him again, and it wasn't something he wanted to hear. Hamid started having dreams about himself talking to Muslims. Although initially confused, he eventually felt that God was telling him something, take the gospel to the Muslims. But Hamid still detested followers of Islam. That hatred turned to bitterness and it blocked my thoughts, so I asked God to remove that bitterness and hatred. He did that, and I started recognizing that he that he had given his life for everybody, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, everybody. You know, it amazes me sometimes. Now, he grew up hating, and he said just he just asked God to remove it, and he did. It's that simple. We have people here that hold on to that stuff. You know, you know, I had this in my childhood, and I haven't gotten over that. And I, you don't want to get over it. Here you have evidence here. The man said he asked God to take it away, and God took it away just like that. Are you kidding me? You think God wants to, us to hold on to who we used to be after his son died to make us new creatures? Come on. After graduating from college in 2004, Hamid applied his new understanding to ministry work. He began reaching out to Muslims through full-time work with a large missions organization based in the United States. Many Pakistani Christians criticized him, saying he should focus only on teaching other Christians. Despite their criticism, Amid remained obedient to what he considered his call. To prepare for ministry work among Muslims, Amid studied both the Bible and the Quran so he could better relay the truths of Christianity to them. He knew that most Muslims had misconceptions about Christianity. Then one day in the park, he approached a Muslim to share about Jesus for the first time. I was very scared, he said. By the grace of God, I got my first conversion in 2004 from a Muslim background, then uh, another one, then another one, and another one. The more I talked to people, the more boldness I got. Amid often began these conversations by opening the Quran and reading passages that identified Jesus as a prophet. Then he would open the Bible and discuss what it said about Christ. To his surprise, his method worked better than he expected. While some rejected him, others appreciated the discussions. Before talking to Muslim people, before learning this methodology, I was a cat. God turned me into a tiger. Hamid said excitedly, God gave me boldness. The more you speak, the more the fear is fading away. 
In October 2005, a massive earthquake struck northern Pakistan's Kashmir region, killing more than 100,000 people, including 19,000 children. About 140,000 others were injured, and more than 3.5 million people were left homeless. Although Hamid was still learning how to discuss Jesus with Muslims, the earthquake reaffirmed his desire to witness and minister to those who were once his enemies. After putting his master's degree program on hold, he volunteered with a U.S.-based Christian organization that was serving earthquake victims. The work was so demanding that Hamid and other workers sometimes slept for only two hours a night, but that didn't prevent him from continuing to share the love of Christ with families affected by the earthquake. One night he stayed up late discussing salvation with an 18-year-old boy. At the end of the conversation, the young man said, After hearing your words, I feel as if my father was lost in the jungle and I found him. Hamid then shared the story of the prodigal son, explaining that we are the ones who are lost, not our father. The boy prayed with Hamid and placed his faith in Christ. Those areas were considered the most hostile toward the gospel before the earthquake, but as long as the earth opened up his mouth, the hearts of mines, homes, and streets were also open for the gospel, Hamid said. I remember building temporary shelters for the victims, sharing Bible with them, and praying for the comfort and peace of the Lord in their brokenness and even weeping and crying with them. Nobody refused to receive relief supplies such as food, tents, medicine, blankets, and utensils from us, nor did they deny hearing the gospel from us. The more Hamid served Muslims, the more he grew to love them. At the same time, he was developing a passion to see other Christians trained in Muslim outreach. He soon began training believers in other parts of Pakistan, and as Muslims were drawn to Christ, he started forming cell churches that met in secret locations. As the cell churches grew in size and influence, American missions organized Organizations learned of Hamid's devotion to reaching Muslims. Several years ago, he was invited to spend three months in the U.S. to work with Christian converts from Islam. While while in the U.S., he enjoyed all the comforts of American life, a new ministry in Texas, and the opportunity to teach at a large university. He even helped plant a church for former Muslims. Near the end of the three months, people began trying to persuade him to stay. This is your home, they said. This is your job. You should stay here. While their offer was attractive, it didn't fully align with Hamid's calling. He felt God calling him back to Pakistan to share the gospel with his Muslim neighbors. As he prayerfully continued walking the path God had set before him, many Pakistani friends in the U.S. told him returning to Pakistan would be a mistake. Again, however, he felt that his friend's advice was contrary to God's leading And he sought God's voice above anyone else's. Remember that. I continually felt compelled by the inner voice to go back and reach those who do not know the Lord as their Savior, he said. I also wanted to train and encourage the local believers who stayed away from the majority population out of ignorance, lack of knowledge, and the other or due to hatred and bitterness. Then came another test. During his time in the United States, two prominent Pakistanis uh, were assassinated because of their support of religious minorities and opposition to Pakistan's blasphemy laws. I had good reason to stay, he said. I don't want to go back, Hamid said, but still God is talking to me from inside. Something was pushing me. Go back, claim those people, 
Think about the 98% Muslim people who don't know me. At the end of his three months in the U.S., Amid returned to Pakistan. He, his wife, and their two children now live in the village where Hamid grew up, but their return wasn't easy. The financial support he had once received from the local church wasn't at first available, and he and his family struggled for a year. Although Hamid hasn't personally experienced persecution since returning, family members have. His father faces legal charges related to his public evangelistic work, and a younger cousin who is accused of blasphemy has been in prison for more than six months. While Hamid still expects to face persecution, he believes his approach to sharing Christ has led to improved, deeper discussions with Muslims. If Muslims reject the gospel, gospel, he wants it to be because they are rejecting Jesus rather than anything wrongly added to the conversation. At any time, persecution can come. And I every day ask for perseverance from the Lord to bear that persecution, he said. Voice of the Martyrs supports Bible distribution, evangelistic outreaches, and discipleship programs in Pakistan, as well as providing medical, practical, and spiritual assistance to imprisoned Christians, families of martyrs, and frontline workers. We all support, support Amid as a frontline worker. So that's what your giving is doing. Today, Hamid is continuing his education and working for a private institution to support his family and his studies. His main goal, however, remains the same. My goal is to reach out to those who do not hear the message and also train new workers and new followers, he said. I get many opportunities to share the message. Amen? Amen. So that's Hamid's story. So we're going to pray for him when we pray and pray for that imprisoned relative uh, that's been in prison for six months for him, him to be released. And also, I think it's Asia Bibi is from Pakistan, the woman who has been. Yeah, so we'll continue to pray for her as well and uh, make sure we pray for these. Now, this is the Sudan, and there's active bombing in Sudan. I, I can pass this around and show you some pictures. There's just there's a field with nothing but bombshells laying in it or just Somebody's giving them that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and we need to pray for that supply to dry up, for the arms supplier, whoever that is. To Yeah, you've got one, that one, Miss Wan. Yeah, you can pass that around so people can see. We can't stop the bombs. We are firsthand witnesses of our Sudanese brothers and sisters suffering, even visiting villages the same day they are bombed. During our most recent trip to the Nuba Mountains, Voice of the Martyr staff members saw evidence everywhere of the Sudanese government's war against its own people. Fields strewn with bullets, bomb craters, live ordnance, undetonated bombs, and empty tanks. President Umar, Umar al-Bashir's extremist regime ruthlessly executes its agenda to drive or, out or kill the Sudanese people living in three conflict areas, South Kordofan State, Blue Nile State, and the Darfur region. Bashir's goal is to eliminate those who do not fit in the ethnically Arab and religiously Islamic nation he wishes to build. He is waging war on the native people of Sudan, and especially on Christians in what has become one of the worst incidents of genocide and religious persecution since World War II. All of the work we perform in these conflict areas is illegal. Meeting our persecuted Christian family to encourage them, 
bring them practical help and pray with them makes us an enemy of the state of Sudan. The penalty for this crime is a 20-year sentence, one that was recently given to our former Africa Regional Director, Peter Jasek, who spent 445 days in prison after his arrest in the Sudanese capital of Khartoum. Peter will share a story in our October newsletter. Thirteen of our staff members, including Executive Vice President Cole Richards and myself, have traveled in the active war zones and are guilty of committing this crime. Although serving our persecuted Christian family makes us the enemies of the state, we will not stop this important work, which currently provides more than $2 million in aid to Sudanese Christians every year. These brothers and sisters in Christ feel forgotten by the rest of the world. And our support and expressions of love for them are more important than most of, work most of us will ever know. Morris, a Sudanese pastor who serves believers in South Kordofan, recently shared how encouraging our visits are to them. We don't look at what you are carrying, but how often you come. In addition to witnessing their suffering, we are also first-hand witnesses of our brothers and sisters' eternal victories. We see God working amid the atrocities. We see the joy on pastors' faces when they receive a new Bible, the gratitude of women who receive blankets to keep their children warm, and the relief of medical workers who receive supplies to fill their clinic's empty cabinets. This month's newsletter includes photos that we hope will inspire you to fellowship with our persecuted family through both prayer and action, Every action pack, family med pack, and Bible that you sponsor, as well as the medical aid and other assistance you help provide, reminds them that they are not forgotten. We can't stop the bombs, but well, we can stop them. Amen. So I'm not going to say that because they, we, we can stop them in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll continue to offer prayers and support and so forth and so on. So we'll, we'll pray for that, definitely. Whoever's giving them the money and buying them, we can pray bankruptcy on them. We can, we can curse their their uh, works in Jesus' name. So, we'll just do that. All right. So, uh, let me see. Is this the one I want to do? Damn, these are really short stories. So I think I can read several of them. These people look so happy. Look at. Everybody's smiling when they get a Bible or they get a pack or something like that. They just have such beautiful smiles, beautiful people. Amen. All right, so since 2012, the Sudanese military has dropped 4,000 bombs in the region, so the people living there have grown accustomed to daily bombings. The pastor's voice cracked as he was overcome with emotion. Unable to continue his funeral service, he passed his Bible to the pastor next to him to continue. But that pastor, also fighting back tears, had to pass the Bible along to another man. The Sudanese Christians had gathered to mourn for five children, all killed as they ran for shelter during a government bombing. Government bombing. Although death and destruction were nothing new to those believers in the Nuba Mountains, the loss of the children was especially difficult. Since 2012, the Sudanese military has dropped 4,000 bombs in the region, so the people living there have grown accustomed to daily bombings. The children recognize the sound of approaching government planes and can even tell by changes in the sound of the engine when a bomb has been loosed. 
When they hear the pitch of the engine suddenly change, they run for the shelter of a foxhole. Every hospital, school, church, and home has one nearby. We ask the pastor, how do you get used to this? You don't, he said, his eyes filled with tears. Pray that the hearts of Christians in the Nuba Mountains will be filled with the peace of Christ as they understand. We're going to pray for their freedom. It's nonsense to stop. Because whoever's making and supplying the bomb, we can make them stop in Jesus' name. The remaining medical assistance in this region is staggeringly inadequate. Two doctors and three medical facilities, including a tent for 1.1 million people. Since the Sudanese government began bombing hospitals in South Kordofan in 2011, the region has become almost devoid of medical assistance. Non-governmental organizations, including, including Doctors Without Borders, the UN, the Red Cross, were forced to suspend medical activities after hospitals were repeatedly targeted. The Sudanese government has effectively banned medical and humanitarian aid in the region, revoking the licenses of organizations that have been working there. The remaining medical assistance in the region is, is staggeringly inadequate. Two doctors and three medical facilities, including a tent for 1.1 million people. Even if people weren't being maimed by daily government bombings, medical aid was still, will still be badly needed for delivering babies, tr treating malaria, and helping people injured in farming accidents, to name only a few examples. Without proper treatment, even a case of diarrhea can cause serious complications. Last year, Voice of the Martyr delivered 44.5 tons of medicine to the South Kordofan region, and we continue to support the few medical workers who sacrificially serve there. We are currently helping a doctor build a clinic in western southern Kordofan and are uh, providing mosquito nets for patients. Voice of Martyr supported medical clinic recently provided care for a young man badly injured when a government rocket struck his thigh. He became the first patient to receive treatment from a new skin graft machine, and today he's again an active member of his church. Please tell the American church to pray for us, and also don't forget us. Amen. Don't forget us. Praise God. So we'll do, do this. Although their church buildings have been bombed and they face continual threat of attack, believers in the Nuba Mountains continue to gather faithfully for worship. Imagine sitting in your church listening to the pastor's sermon and suddenly feeling a rush of adrenaline as you and those around you begin to recognize a familiar whine of a plane approaching. In an instant, everyone runs for cover, leaping into foxholes or seeking shelter behind rocks. Four of the most dangerous places in the Nuba Mountains are church buildings, schools, hospitals, and fields of crops. Sudanese government bobbers target the shiny roofs of buildings and anything resembling the field of crops that might be used to help sustain those living nearby. They want them out of the region or dead. Although their church buildings have been bombed and they face continual threat of attack, believers in the Nuba Mountains continue to gather faithfully for worship. In their ongoing difficulties, they have no one and nothing to depend on but God. They pray day and night, knowing their lives might be taken at any moment. And Christians in the region have countless opportunities to share Christ with the Muslims who flee the bombings with them. 
Pastor Mata, who works in the Nuba Mountains, said, because of persecution, because of hatred, because of a lot of things against us, it made more it it against us it made more Muslims open to hear and listen to the gospel. So Christians continue to worship in the Nuba Mountains, encouraging one another and pointing Muslim neighbors to Christ. Where are the Christians from the outside, Pastor Mata used to wonder after each bombing or raid by government soldiers. Are we alone? Today, Pastor Mata knows he is not alone or forgotten. A visit from Voice of the Martyr workers and the gift of action packs provided by Voice of Martyr readers have reminded him that his Christian brothers and sisters around the world are praying for him and the Sudanese Christians. The people of the Nuba Mountains have always been poor, sustaining themselves with farming and livestock. They have very little in the way of material goods, so the gift of an action pack with a few items of clothing, sheets, sandals, and other items is precious to them. And the most precious part in knowing that it was lovingly packed by a Christian in another country who cares for them. They know they are not forgotten. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the faithful men like Pastor Marta, Kuti, Pastor Alfred, Pastor Morris, and others who choose to stay in South Kordofan to share the gospel and build up your church. How amazing that is that amid what looks like pure evil, God, you are working all things together for good. We give you glory for that. Psalm 126.3 says that you have gone done great things for us, and we are glad. Certainly we are glad for all that you are doing in the Nuba Mountains. We praise and glory and, and give honor to your name. Amen. So we're going to pray for uh, the Sudan. We're also going to pray for, what's this one? I forgot already. <laughs> Pakistan. Yeah, Pakistan and the Sudan. We're going to pray for Amid. Uh, definitely. I'll add these names in here. Let me do it now before I get too far carried away praise god amen amen it's good to um, keep in mind that we can do something you know uh, sometimes we just look at what needs to be done and we don't look any further and let god tell us you know what what, he, what does he want us to do why did he draw our attention to these people at this time and, and what is he uh, expecting um, to happen and so um, you know we just have to follow through on what God has given us to do we know I know you believe in prayer and so do I and so as we um, as we come before God then we can always get direction that's what the Holy Spirit does best he tells you what to do and then when he tells you to do it's effective so we we just have to thank God for that um, let me see. I'm losing my pen. I don't have a pen handy. Thank you, Pastor Shirley. I'll give it right back. Okay, because I eat them up. I don't know what happens to them, but they just, I must be having them for lunch. So, uh, all right, so I'll put here on uh, July 2017, Pakistan, Sudan, Pastor Hamid. I'm going to put Asa Bibi in there because, you know, she. Oh, yeah, the cousin. Did they give his name in that? 
Mm-mm. Okay, so we say Amin's cousin. I was thinking too what we probably need to do with one of our daily internet teachings, maybe the daily teaching or um, maybe our text, our prosperity text or something, is add the ones that we have for that month uh, for the persecuted church. Because we can just put a little thing down there. Please please pray for persecuted Christians in um Tanya, can you do that on the bottom of the daily teaching? You think you can add that? That'd be good. So for the rest of this month, we'll do Pakistan and Sudan. And maybe we just every month we'll add whatever we cover for that month, we'll add it. I'll tell you what I can do when I before we have the empowerment meeting, when I get these notices from when I find out who it is, I'll just let you know. I'll text you or something and tell you who to add for that month, and you can go ahead and put it in there. So we can we can at least get the month filled with praying for that particular group. And then that way we can invite more people in to pray. We can remind ourselves to pray. Hopefully you all get the daily teaching and you read it. Praise God. And uh, share these things with people. You know, we, we have so many tools that we can use to witness with. Um, they're just right there. All you got to do is put somebody's name online, press forward, click, and send it to them. Uh, and so we'll we'll just uh, start doing that and engaging people more in prayer and inviting them in to pray. So, okay, we're ready. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you for people in persecuted nations. We thank you, Lord, also for the voice of the martyr. We just ask you, Lord, that their uh, voice would be longer and stronger, more powerful in the earth. We thank you, Lord, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for making our lives count for something by giving us an assignment, a work to do for you. We're so thankful, Father, that we're not idle Christians who will spend our lives doing not much and then have nothing to show for all of these years not paying attention to what was going on with our neighbor, not fellowshipping in the sufferings of Christ, not understanding who our neighbor really is and wanting to be the good Samaritan on the road who, who uh, meets the needs of people, who pays the total bill, who makes sure that we pray until these things are eliminated, Father. We want to do that. And we thank you and we bless you and we praise you for the understanding of how to pray, that the Holy Spirit is here to guide us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for helping us, undergirding us, strengthening us, assisting us in every way so that we can effectively pray for the people that you have given us to pray for this month in Pakistan and in uh, the Sudan. We thank you, Lord. We pray for uh, Pastor Amid. In Pakistan and his cousin who is in prison, we pray for Asia Bibi. And we thank you, Lord, that to lift the death sentence off of this woman's life in the name of Jesus. Satan, we break your power. You have no authority over God's people. We command you to uh, let God's people go. 
In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for blessing this nation to be able to send missionaries out. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us a president in the White House who exalts you everywhere that he goes, that he tells people we don't worship government, we worship God. I thank you, Lord, that he is proclaiming liberty and freedom to people. Everywhere that he goes, there's no select group of people, but everybody is invited to worship you and to praise you. We pray that Christians will remain strong in their faith in these persecuted areas, that the believers will be able to love their persecutors and pray for them and witness to them and see more Christians want to share the gospel with their Muslim people, uh, neighbors just like Pastor Amid did. We thank you, Lord, for an end to the bombing in the Sudan. We curse this activity at the root. We can stop the bombs in the name of Jesus. Bombs, we command you to stop in Jesus' name. Father, we demand that the financing dry up in the name of Jesus. Whoever is providing the money and buying the bombs, we say their resources. We command them to, we put a curse on their resources. We put a curse on their investments. We put a curse on everything that they're trying to do to eliminate the human race and eliminate their own people, their own neighbors, their own kin, the people they have been governing, have government authority over. And we say these people will stop this bombing. We ask you to unseat these governments that are destroying people. We ask you to run these people out of these governments in the name of Jesus. There is nobody who is too big, just like you did with King Nebuchadnezzar. You took his kingdom away from him. And we ask you, Lord, to strip these evil men of their kingdoms, these evil women of their kingdoms, if they won't shape up. Father, we ask you to give them one year, just like you gave King Nebuchadnezzar. We ask you to send somebody to warn them, give them one year to straighten up or move out. And we thank you, Lord, this time next year we will be seeing new governments in these areas. We will be seeing these people not there anymore. We will see the ones who are in power change if they are to stay and to help serve you to serve those people. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for more of these packs to come, more people to send more money so that these action packs can be given to people for their, uh, for their, um, their help that they would give them in medical aid and medical care and all of the things that they need to help their families and help their villages. So I thank you, Lord, for those things that they need so much and for their Bibles that they badly need. Father, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you for that in the name of Jesus. And we pray for protection of precious cargo. We thank you, Lord, and we bind spirits of destruction, retaliation, and death. We plead the blood of Jesus. We dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. We ask you, Lord, to satisfy us with long life and satisfy them with long life. We pray in the quality life. We say that they will have a high quality of life in the name of Jesus. We pray that they live to be 120, that our eye not be dim, nor natural strength abated. Not a hair of their heads will fall to the ground. In Jesus' name, and no weapon that's formed against us will accomplish what it is setting out to do. They are blessed coming in and going out. They have strength for coming in and going out. They have power to serve us, power over serpents, scorpions. If they eat any deadly thing, it won't hurt us. 
and they have power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will in any way harm them. If the enemy comes at them one way, he must flee seven ways. One of them can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. Thank you, Lord, that your glory goes before us. It is our rear guard. Every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, we will condemn. It will be found wrong. It will not stand before us in the name of Jesus. Others trust in the arm of flesh, but we trust in the living God because your mercy hovers over us. And quietness and confidence shall be our strength. Lord, you're our son, our shield, our banner, our healer, our peace, and our great reward. Your name even is a strong tower, and the righteous run in, and they are safe. By your stripes we are healed. We are redeemed from the penalty and curse for our sins by your precious blood. Thank you, Lord. None of the diseases that you put on the Egyptians will be put on us because you send your word and you heal us. We walk in the spirit and not the flesh, and we're not condemned, but we walk in joy and in strength. And, Father, we cover every persecuted Christian with this prayer. We cover every one of them with your word. We cover the ones in the Sudan and in Pakistan and the 60 persecuted nations, especially in Korea. We pray for the ones in India. We pray for the ones in in all of the Arab nations and all the Islamic places, Father. We pray for their peace and their safety. We pray for the nation of Israel and we pray for your people there, that they are free from persecution and under the shadow of the Almighty. We pull them all under the shadow of the Almighty. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing them and praising them, uh, for blessing them and keeping them in peace and safety and health. And we thank you, Lord, that in one year we will see a change in these governments. We will see these bombs cease. And we will see righteousness established in these nations. And we thank you, Lord, and we bless you and we praise you for it. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord, that the bombs will cease. Thank you, Lord, that that evil men will no longer sit in seats of government and authority. Father, we thank you that you as sitting in the heavens is laughing at them. We know that as Satan boasts of his power today, tomorrow he will be dethroned. So we thank you, Lord, for dethroning these evil princes. We thank you, Lord, for calling the, the works of the wicked to nothing. We thank you, Lord, that Christians will be able to stand up boldly and refuse to let these things die happen. We thank you that everything that you have not planted will wither and die. It will be uprooted and wither and die in the name of Jesus. We thank you that persecution does not last forever. We thank you that it will come to an end for these people. Not that they will run from it, but they will run to the battle. That they will run to the roar. That they will stand firm knowing that their God is bigger. Their God is greater. Their God is greater than all the opposition of the enemy. Thank you, Father, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we command these evil princes to give up their holds on the Muslim people and give up their holds on the Christians in Muslim countries in the name of Jesus. Satan, we command you, Islam, we command you to fold up in Jesus' name, that we have bombs to counter your bombs in the name of Jesus. 
We command all your weapons to fail in Jesus' name. We command those bombs to be duds in the name of Jesus. And we say the planes flying over these regions will start dropping food and medical care. We command the bombs to stop against these hospitals in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for hearing and answering this prayer and hearing and answering all of our prayers, hearing and answering every prayer that's prayed for these people worldwide. And we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, to give voice of the martyr wisdom in how to deal with these things, wisdom in how to pray, how to pray your word, and how to pray strong, and expect you to come and deliver these people. Not just that they endure people, but they be delivered from their afflictions in Jesus' name. We say now is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time for their deliverance in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for delivering and liberating these countries in Jesus' name. That they will no longer be oppressed. That they will no longer be uh, uh, persecuted. They will no longer be threatened and murdered and mistreated in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Lord, for humility among the Muslim people. We thank you, Lord, for a desire to really serve you and to know the real, true, and living God. Open their hearts to the gospel. Open their hearts to the truth. I thank you, Lord. We bind their false boldness in the name of Jesus. And we say they will silence themselves in the holy atmosphere and listen to the gospel and hear the word of God. So we thank you, Lord, for a harvest among the Muslim people. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance among these people. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance from their oppressors in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, to deliver people from persecution. Let them live free. Let them be free to serve you. Let them be free to worship you. Let them be free to win souls to you. And we thank you, Lord, for a mighty harvest. Thank you, Lord, that the earth is filled with the knowledge of your glory like the waters cover the seas. Thank you, Lord, that people will see and know and hear your voice and run to it and run from the devil. That they would resist the devil, submit to you, and the devil must flee. So we thank you, Lord, that vengeance belongs to you. We will not retaliate against our accusers, but we strip them of all of their weapons in the name of Jesus. They will not have money to do evil in Jesus' name. They will not have the boldness to do evil to Christians in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for a good report coming out of these persecuted areas. Thank you, Father. We bind the evil report. No more evil report. But we expect a good report always to come out of these places because you hear and answer our prayer. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The bombs will stop in Jesus' name. I have to put up with that. We can stop everything. There's nothing too hard for God. There's no devil too big for him. But we curse all the works of darkness in Jesus' name. We cause an end and a stop to it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray for our elected officials. Father, I just ask you that Secretary of State Tillerson, we pray for him and his work. And Father, we just thank you that wherever he goes, where he knows Christians are being mistreated, that he would speak for the release and, and obtain the release of these people from prison and false imprisonment in Jesus' name. That when our president goes and visits these different countries, that he would always speak up for freedom for people who are being falsely imprisoned and falsely held. I thank you, Lord, that your government people that are in this government now will be ambassadors for freedom wherever they go, that they will be your spokespeople for good, and give them to keys, give them the keys 
to get these people released, Father. Give them keys from heaven to get these people released, Lord. Give them keys from heaven to stop the illegal governments from killing their people wholesale. Give them the keys from heaven to bring freedom, to bring liberty and rescue to multitudes and nations of people, Father. Not just one or two here or a handful there, but whole nations to be set free because of you giving them keys to unlock prison doors for people who have been falsely imprisoned, falsely persecuted. All of these things, Father, we want to see happen and we want to see it happen now. So we thank you, Lord, for keys to liberty, keys to freedom, wherever they go. That they would leave the fruit of liberty, they would leave the fruit of freedom, that the gospel would be freely preached in these places, and that people can live, and they could survive, and they can prosper, and they can be blessed. So we thank you for that, Father. We bless you and we praise you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. We bless you. We expect a good report. We expect to see fruit from this. We expect to see people set free. We expect to see more liberty and more freedom everywhere that our government sets its foot, Father, that they would liberate and free people. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you for Amos 9.13, that this is part of the liberation of souls is part of the Amos 9.13 blessing. So we thank you for it, Lord, and we bless you and we praise you for it. We extol you and we magnify you. We lift you up, Jesus. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We ask you to do what you do best, and that is bring freedom, bring liberty, bring help, bring prosperity, bring success, bring life, bring health and and healing. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. 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 Amen again. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Miss Juan, if you'll put some music on, if anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you and we'll be dismissed after that. Praise God.